So this morning, um, I have chosen to speak on Psalm 145. So if you want to turn to scripture, you are welcome to turn there so long. But just as we've gone through this series of the Psalms, and more specifically for the past few weeks, Nick's been speaking on the presence of God, I feel like we just need to linger there a little bit longer and um, in that which Nick was speaking about has just really, God's been working something out in me um, and just been revealing some things to me that I'd like to share with you guys. And what I want to share is not necessarily very new. Um, I think it's something we all know, but sometimes we just forget or don't apply. And so I hope that this stirs you today and that yeah, you, you are able to just walk away with something um, that God is sharing with you this morning. And so, Psalm 145, I'm going to read it now, but if I can ask you to really just, as I'm reading, fix your eyes on Jesus and just kind of um, meditate on Him as we read. I'm going to read from the ESV, but there's going to be times where I'll say to you, um, this is from NLT, just a, a verse that I really liked, or from the, the Passion Translation, but the others are, are mostly from the ESV. Psalm 145, I will extol you, my God and King, bless your name forever and ever. The Passion Translation says, my heart explodes with praise for you. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his great greatness is unsearchable. I just love that. As we discover a little bit of his greatness, um, in a year's time, there's maybe a little bit more that we get to discover that was, was not searched just yet. And then in time, we get to discover a little bit more. And so his greatness is unsearchable, meaning that we will discover a little bit more of his greatness every single time we, we search for him. Um, verse 4 in the NLT says, tell, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. And the NLT verse 5, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and wonderful miracles. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your, all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are fall, falling and raise up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give, give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears the cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. 
and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Sorry. And so, in this passage, I just feel like there's three things that I'd like to highlight. Um, the first is, this passage continually tells us to praise and declare his goodness. If you look at verse 2, praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Later it says, I will declare your greatness, shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And then again later, all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your, all your saints shall, be, shall bless you. And so this keeps talking about praising and declaring his goodness. The second point that I want to take out from this passage is sharing testimony. And in verse 4 in the NLT it says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. They shall speak of the, they shall speak of the, mighty, the might of your awesome deeds. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds. And so, again, just encouraging testimony, sharing of how others have gone and shared and will share. And then the last point that I want to make is to meditate on him. And in verse 5 in the NLT it says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and wonderful miracles. So the reason I want to share the three points, and I will elaborate on them further now, is just because some of these points tend to kind of overlap. And I found it quite hard to um, segregate them into the exact sides because there's so much overlap. But I will try to do that, but you'll see how it all filters into one another. And so I'm going to start with praise and declare his goodness. And we know that God is glorious and He is worthy of praise. And as we experience who God is and our revelation and understanding of Him continues to grow, of what He did on the cross and how much He loves us, we, are, we become more compelled to worship Him. Like the verse um, in the, the Passion Translation, I just love this. It says, my heart explodes with praise for you. Meaning that what we have put in, what we have realized, that revelation is is building up, it's, it's growing, and, it's, and it's, it's wanting to ooze out of us. It's wanting to explode. Because as we have these revelations, I cannot keep my mouth quiet. And so, um, I'm reminded, some, I, I, as I was going through this, and I was thinking, you know, for me, sometimes I love these songs, and even looking at the Psalms, and I so appreciate them, because I can use them in my worship to God. I get to um, sing along to what someone else has written because it's not necessarily my gifting to do that. And I'm so appreciative of, of that sort of gifting. And um, the image that I just had was uh, sometimes my kids would come to me with uh, a like they would be playing on the jungle gym and giving them a box of Smarties and they probably dropped the box of Smarties in the sand a couple of times and they were digging and putting them back into the, into the box and, and then they come rushing to me with one Smartie between their filthy little fingers that you can see the, the dirt caked onto and they, as you're about to contemplate and give your reason as to why they should rather have this beautiful gift, <laughs> it's halfway down your throat and you're eating some dirt and a little bit of smarty and 
they're just so excited to give this to you and it's just this is my offering to you mom or dad I just my gift of blessing to you enjoy <laughs> and I was thinking that sometimes for my type of personality I can overthink so many things and even in my worship and my time with God I can think but I remember someone saying that you should start your prayer with thanks and then you should go with this. But oh, I immediately started with um, my list. Now I've got to go back to giving thanks. And sometimes it can become so <laughs> complex in my mind that I actually just think it's too much work. Like I'm just failing in this. And, and it almost debilitates you in coming and offering your gift to God. And I just felt God almost wanting to encourage us to not disqualify the gift that we've got to give him and that which is exploding out of our hearts. That if it's coming from my, my heart in the same way that this gift is coming from my child with the same kind of heart, for him he is just so blessed and excited by it. And um, uh, yeah, so... I, yeah, I just, I want to encourage us to not get so lost in the thought, but to come and bring what we've got to God, because He enjoys it. And there was a season where I decided I wanted to start asking God what it is that He's got for me. Um, what is it that He wants to reveal to me? It was like an, a prophetic type of act that I felt to do. And the idea was to wake up early in the morning and spend some time with God and ask Him what it is that He wants to share with me. And that week I had woken up late every morning, as I tend to do, and I was scrambling and rushing, and in the getting ready, I would quickly ask God, what is it that you're trying to show me? And I'd close my eyes and quickly like, try to get Him to, to share something with me in my mind's eye. And this particular morning, I saw an image of two white cars in a collision, and I thought... Yeah, serves you right. You're wanting to rush God and you're not even willing to give him some, a, a decent amount of your time, but you want him to share something with you. How ridiculous. Um, and so I carried on and I, I repented and I, I went to work and I was leaving work. And as I drove out of the car park, I saw this white bucky in slow motion bumping the white bucky in front of it and it was the strangest accident there was no reason for them to have had this accident really and yeah anyway please don't hear what I'm not saying but um I just looked at this and I, I giggled and I just thought God you just love to show me who you are and that even with a little bit that I did give you you can still use it and I, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging rushing through life and giving that to God. But what I am saying is that sometimes we do have chaotic seasons. And sometimes God can use us even when things aren't going exactly right. And to not diminish Him because of what's happening in our lives. Um, because He is still great. And He is still good. And He still wants to achieve things. And so for me, I just love that little story because... Um, it was just God showing me that he's always talking and if I would listen, he will speak. And so, as our revelation um, grows of, of God as we worship, so does our faith. 
Because as we start to understand God's love for us, um, we realize that He is for us and not against us. We realize that He has plans and purposes for us. And we realize that He's got this, um, that He knows all things and that He's in it. And He is all-powerful, and my problems are not bigger than the one who created the heavens and the earth. I mean, if He can speak into being animals and plants and sunlight how is my pro how are my problems too big and so when we fix our eyes on him it kind of just brings perspective again and philippians 3 verse 1 says whatever happens my dear brothers and sisters rejoice in the lord i never get i never get tired of telling you these things and i do it to safeguard your faith it's amazing how God is so kind as to when we are giving him this gift of our worship and we are wanting to praise him and bless him and honor him, he does something amazing where we get blessed, where through it, my faith gets stirred. And so I don't just come and give this to God and I walk away unchanged. He's amazing in the fact that in me, honoring him, he transforms me. And so, um, I want to make a slight analogy. And um, again, please hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. But prayer is almost like a type of motivational speaker for us. We don't have to go to the world to hear these pep talks and um, motivational speakers encourage us because we've got worship. Because when we worship, it stirs up motivation, hope, faith, passion, courage, love, and fruits of the Spirit, obedience and revelation, and so much more. And sometimes we become so distracted that we forget who God is and what He did, and that the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so in that praise, He motivates us, and He stirs up those things again. And lately, I've been kind of fighting a bit of a struggle with God. I've been very upset with him at times um, because I have a couple of character issues that I really feel need to be sorted out and I really have tried hard to sort them out and I've almost gotten angry because from a Christian perspective I am not being a good ambassador by having these faults and so why God are you not fixing these things like it's in both of our interest for this to be fixed <laughs> and so I felt a little bit convicted I lie I felt a lot convicted <laughs> um, because I realized that I've probably downloaded more than 40 different uh, calendar alarm and to-do list apps um, to help try and help me with my time management I have researched and listened to podcasts on successful people to try and learn how they manage their lives. And I have spent hours trying to implement these apps and really set them up to function to the best um, way that it would benefit me so that I can fix these problems. And I've been so distracted by fixing my problems and improving myself that I've neglected to, to go to the one who can transform me. And yes, I'd maybe cry out, but it would be a moment of crying out and then going back to my apps and my research to try and do it myself. 
And yes, I do get that there's an element of working on these things. But there's a much bigger element, I believe, of going to God and letting Him restore it. And I'm reminded of a, a time when I was really struggling with insecurity. And um, I had been in a situation where there was some tension in a relationship. And I went to this party and this person was there. And I just could feel my insecurity stirring up and wondering what this person is thinking of me being there. And just my mind was running wild. And um, the party was cl relatively close to where I was staying. And so I actually drove home and I went to my parents who were at home and I said, you have to pray for me. I need you to pray that I wouldn't let these insecurities um, cloud how I go about the rest of this day. I cannot let this impact and debilitate me. And so my parents prayed for me and I just felt, again, that surge of energy and passion and excitement for the things of God and realizing that what he thinks is more important than what anyone else thinks. And so I went back to the party and I really enjoyed myself. But I think what I realized about that story is I was in a place that was desperate for God to intervene and fix that thing. And I ran to him. Um, and so I think... Sometimes I forget to run to him. I forget to take whatever steps are necessary to make sure he is the one intervening in that situation. And there's a song um, by the Arrows called uh, In the Words of Satan, or I think sometimes it's even referred to as the Father of Lies. And it's... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I thought I didn't highlight the parts. Sorry, I did. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to try not to read it all. There's a lot, but we'll see how it goes. I've been here since the beginning. Know exactly how you work. I know all of your cravings. Know what makes you go berserk. Been lying from the start just to make you play a part. In my infinite rebellion against the Father God. I'm watching you and all of hell is with me too. Helping me make my light look true. Oh, and there is a lie that works for everyone, everyone. A lie that opens up your heart so I can get me some more of your free will. Give me the control. That's why I'm telling you, selling you anything and everything, appealing to your human way of being. And I use it all against you just to keep your eyes from seeing past the life you're living, past the moment you're in, past the pleasure of your sin. So deeply spun into my system that you won't see the light. Never mind that I'm drown, drowning you. I keep deceiving you because I don't tell you about the God in heaven who loves you, who yearns for you. No, I don't tell you about the freedom of forgiveness and truth. But I'll say that million years ago, an accident exploded and you're the result of this cosmic unknown with no real purpose, created for no real intent. The reason for your living is just coincidence. Is what you can gain, whatever meaning you attach to your days, you decide, hmm, but I help you recognize. The important things in life, in introducing money, it's the root of all evil, they say. So I attach your self-worth to your salary you're paid. Be a slave to your property, your jewelry, your cars and things. Advertise that lie upon the TV so that you want that bling. Selling it bit by bit, the little pieces of your soul. Climbing up the ladder of economic control. Oh, the greed of man makes it so easy to pervert the father's plan. Or tell you there is a heaven, but there's many ways to get in. Keep you so confused that you stay bound to your sin. Tell you there are many ways to the same God. Keep you distracted with your methods so your heart stays hard. 
and what I love about that, well, what I take from that, that song is just the fact that Satan is in so many of the lies and he's kept us so busy. And so even in me taking on all these different apps and research, he's kept me busy. And so what looks good and okay and seemingly intentional has actually kept me from God. And so it's amazing how the devil can distract us so with things that we seem to think are good, but is actually just a distraction. And so we, we need to get to a place where we can come into the presence of God through worship and reading his word, where we place God back on his throne and we fix our eyes on him and his character again. Um, because he is the one that can bring change, not me. And not all these things. And then the next point of sharing testimony. The thing that I love about this, this topic of sharing testimony, and again, that my heart explodes with praise for you, is that something happens in my heart and I cannot keep quiet. And in Acts 4, verse 19 to 20, it says, But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And in the scene, they, um, they are saying this to people who are wanting to kill them. And they're saying, it's up to you to determine whether you think I should rather listen to you. But I'm going to listen to God and, um, because I cannot keep this in. And they actually don't get killed, even as they step out into this boldness saying, I'm going to do this because it's, this is what's oozing out of me and this is what's right. And I think of, of testimony as something that I'm compelled to do. I cannot help but share because of what God has done in my life. And it's something that bursts out of me. And I, I think of like vegans or, or people who are really into their CrossFit. And they unapologetically will share their revelation with you of how veganism is the best thing ever or CrossFit or whatever else is out there that people have been bought into, that people have bought into and have seen results of, they're going to come to you unapologetically and share that thing with you. Whereas as Christians, we often want to step back and we, we almost feel embarrassed or offensive to people. And when we first arrived here, I met a lady who we had met them through Nick catching a fish and we started chatting to them. And we mentioned that we were new here. And she said, oh, do you know what's the best way to meet people is to go to church? Are you guys in a church? You, like, really, that is such a lovely way. And it just came out of her. It wasn't like she, she didn't make it look like she was looking even for an opportunity to throw this in there or like she had an agenda. It was just who she is. This is what, what works. Like, this is just the reality. It's the truth. Let me share it with you. And I learned so much from that. I've started to share things about my life because you've asked me about my life. This is a part of my life. I'm going to share it with you unapologetically. And so um, there's this game that we play with the kids in the car that they started where when the music plays, you don't, you're not allowed to move or sing. So if you start tapping your fingers, you're out. And so the last person 
to be able to sit still and not sing is the winner. And that's <laughs> and that is how I sometimes feel about God. When I have this revelation and I have this excitement brewing inside of me, I cannot help but move. Like when that really good beat song comes up and you cannot help, you know that you're going to lose, but you just have to sing along. You, you don't even realize that your foot is tapping. I want me sharing my testimony to be as if it just comes um, naturally to me. And so, uh, even in us having started the church here, I've, I've started really making an effort to share our testimony with people. And the reason for that is because in sharing testimony, we stir up, stir up each other's faith because we hear of what God is doing. And so, testimony is such a beautiful and wonderful and important thing. But as I am stirring up someone else's faith and honoring God in sharing about what he has done, something happens in me as well. And I am reminded of what he did. And that excitement of what he did bubbles up inside of me again. And I, my, my faith gets almost like an injection. I get a bit of an injection of faith again because I remember what he's done. And so, again, amazing how God develops these concepts and in it, there's good for us as well. And I just love how he uses it to stir up passion and excitement in our hearts as we look to him and see what he has done. And then the last one is to meditate on him. And in Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And in this, that is where we find our peace. That is where we quieten our mind. That is where we build the revelation and we get to do all these other things. Is As we meditate on Him, my heart explodes with praise for Him. And so... Those are my three points that I just wanted to share with you. And I think if we can go into a time of worship now again, just fixing our eyes on Him, laying our, th our problems before His feet, but also just hopefully in the rest of this week, we would, we would remember that as we faced with something, let me run to the Father. Let me first go to Him. Let me not first um, fix this work problem before I go to Him. When the problem is the work, I need to go to him first then. And so, yeah, Father God, I just pray, Lord, would you, would you stir up an excitement and a passion in our hearts as we, as we come closer to you, that as your word says, as we abide in you and you abide in us, we will bear much fruit. Father God, we want to abide in you. We want to tap into you and have you be our source. We know that you're the answer. And somehow we yet still sometimes forget to come to you and to lean on you. I pray, Father God, that you would give us a sensitivity and a, um, an ability to remember and to be quick to press into you, Father God, in these moments. I pray that you would be our first part, protocol, that we would run to you, Lord. May this become inherent to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.